301. 301. My name 
wine and fair in the book of God's kingdom. My name's written there. Oh, that beautiful city with its mansions of light, with its glorified beings in pure garments of white. Where no evil thing cometh to spoil what is fair, where the angels are watching. My name's written there, my name's written there, on the page wide and fair, in the book of God's kingdom, my name's written
Amen. Thank the Lord for great service already. I'll ask my grandson, I asked Jensen, I said, hey, do you want to sing today? And he says, yes. He says, as long as all the other men sing. <laughs> so that's how, we, that's how we do it here. We <laughs> just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for our young people. Thank the Lord for the great service already this morning. And we thank the Lord for our visitors praying God's blessing upon you throughout uh, this, this day. I would ask that you would turn your Bibles to the book of John in chapter 4. John in chapter 4. While you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church in Old Town. That's just inside of uh, Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We do have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house known as Emmanuel. And we pray that the Lord will bless today. I thank you for also tuning in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. And today we're, we're coming to you today, and this being the first day of this new year. Of course, we were here last night in our watch night service. We came all the way through to past the midnight hour. And uh, today, though, I, you have heard some great instruction from the devotion to our Sunday school hour on what we should expect throughout this new year. And, and again, I, I say just as, as Charles Spurgeon said uh, to a young man who was down and out because he wasn't seeing people saved, he said, well, listen, do you expect somebody to be saved every time you preach? And again, this young man said, well, no. He said, that's your problem. You need to be praying. You need to be expecting. You need to be looking. And you need to be watching. <clears throat> Today, as we begin this service on this Lord's Day, this first day of 2023, we do so with this one thought in mind. That is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the primary reason, I believe, for God's people to be coming together today. That is preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ because the Bible says it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So that's the reason why I feel that it is so important to preach a gospel message. Today we open up this word. I'm going to turn to John 4 and verse 39. We'll read down through verse 42 to take our message. And today I want you to just think about this. Now, testimony is, I believe, is a paramount thing in the Christian's life. You need to have a good testimony. You need to have a good outlook. And people need to look at you with and see that there's hope. They need to look at you and see and expect uh, 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 this, this, this hope that they can reach for. And this is what we see even here as we look at this Samaritan woman. The Bible teaches us here that because of her word, 
Because of what she said, there were many people that believed. Just with our testimony, our going forth into the community and, and spreading the gospel. That's what Brother Jim was speaking on even this morning. It is a necessity for a church to be mission-minded. It is a necessity for the church to reach the community wherein they are the lighthouse. And today, that's what we intend to do, and I pray God would use His Word. In verse 39, the Bible says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on Him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that I ever did. Now, you know the story here as Jesus Christ came in. And Brother Jim, did you bring the lesson last week on this? On the Samaritan woman at the well. This is what I want you to get a hold of. And I want you to consider this today as we, as we look at the testimony of this, this, this lady. The Bible teaches that this was a person, uh, uh, was not uh, necessarily the... The, what you might call the cream of the crop of the city. But listen, there was something that happened to this lady. When Jesus Christ came in, the Bible stated that He had to come there. He was, it was of necessity that He came to this place, this certain well, where there was a certain lady who was there at a certain time for to draw water. Now I want you to think about this though, uh, and, and today I don't believe in chance, I don't believe in happenstance, I don't believe in, 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 in the, uh, everything is lined up just right in the world today and then lo and behold you get blessed. This is what I do know. I know that with purpose God visits people. With purpose the Lord and the Holy Spirit touches the hearts of individuals and brings a change in their lives. And that's what we see here with this lady. The Bible states again in verse 40, So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves. Folks, I want you to realize that this is the most important and telling sign of someone who's been saved by the grace of God. They have heard the master themselves. And know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight or today as we come before you, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that you have blessed and you have, you have watched over this church family over the last year. Father, we're asking now that you would bless us in this new year. Dear God, I'm asking that even this very hour, you would send the Holy Spirit to talk to people's hearts. You would quicken and make them alive to see their need for the very first time. Lord, you might save souls on this first day of this new year. 
What a wonderful time it would be for this body to start seeing souls being saved by your grace. And Lord, for that we we humbly pray. We humbly plead, dear God, that you would come and be with us in this house. And Lord, we know that we have the promise that where two or three are gathered in your name, you're in the midst. And Father, I truly believe today that you're in this place. Lord, I pray that you will open the eyes of the blind, you would unstop the ears of the deaf, that they may see and they may hear, and they may receive a changing of their souls. Father, I pray that you would bless us, bless our visitors. Lord, we pray for each and every one that's here today that you would bless in a great and mighty way. Thank you again, dear God, for your blessings already. Forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. I do want to bring a message today simply entitled, The Personal Call to Come. Emmanuel, to our radio audience and our visitors today, many of the people of this town had been saved by the God's amazing grace because of the testimony of this one individual. In John chapter 4 and verse 29, the Bible states this. Now, I want you to look at this. Come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then on over in verse 39 again, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. And in verse 30, as we see the Samaritans, as they came and they, they heard Jesus themselves, I want you to think about this. As, as In verse 30, it talks about the fact that they came to see Jesus. They came to see Jesus. You know, that's one thing I'm praying that happens in this house today. Maybe when you came here this morning, maybe you, were, maybe you were directed by your parents to come to the house of God this morning. Or, or maybe it was just something that you felt that it was a necessity to do because it's just what you do. But maybe, maybe today it was the Holy Spirit that has drawn you into this place. It is the Holy Spirit that has that has made you to come to this, this point in time in your life that you may receive the very gospel of salvation of Jesus Christ. Could it be that this is the very moment that, that life-changing events is going to happen to you? You know, I don't know. But I know the God who does know. And I know without the preaching of the gospel, no one would ever be saved. So that's the importance of the gospel today. It must be brought forth and it must be taught so that souls may be saved by the grace of God. I do thank God for personal witness. Amen. I thank God for people who will go in and be a personal witness to those that are lost around them. And for the fact that it pleases God to use the witnesses to the salvation of souls. I thank God for that. You know, I've heard, I've heard testimony of different people who have said, you know, had it not been for so-and-so coming to me and telling me about Jesus. Now, of course, we understand 
that God's in charge of this and God's in control of salvation and, and God is in the, it has the means and the ways of bringing people together. This is one thing I do know. That according to God's word, salvation doesn't just fall out of the sky. It comes through the preaching of the glorious gospel. The Bible states what the gospel is even. In 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, the Bible tells you exactly what it is according to the scriptures. And that's where you must get your information. According to the scriptures. The Bible says that the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the means by which people are saved today. And this is what I believe is so important when you come to John chapter 3. We'll back up just a little bit here. And this is, of course, one of those scriptures that I use every Sunday morning. And I have Brother Jim for almost 19 years. It'll be 19 years in March uh, when this church called me to pastor. And, and you know, I, I, I tell you, today I, I've been blessed. I've been blessed uh, to be able to stand behind this pulpit. To be able to stand where men of old have stood and, and proclaimed the glorious truth of the gospel. To hold on to the ears of the, of the altar, so to speak. The horns of the altar. Of course, we understand that this pulpit is not an altar, but it is here where the glorious truth is portrayed and brought forth in a way that I pray that the Holy Spirit will use. But in John chapter 3, the Bible states in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friend, that is, the, that is the Scripture that you need to get a hold of today. That is the Scripture that will change your life. As a matter of fact, in verse 36, the Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It's present tense there. That means that the very moment that you, you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, the very moment you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, in the very moment, just like Paul told the Philippian jailer, when he cried out, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He said, Believe and thou shalt be saved. And not only that, he said, Your whole house. You see, I believe in household salvation. I believe in families coming together to worship in the house of God such as we have here today. But here the Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18, if you'll go there with me for just a moment, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Notice what it says here in, in verse 18 as the Apostle Paul was speaking to the, the Corinthian church as he wrote this letter. He states here in verse 18 of chapter 1, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. You know, I've, been, I've stood out here in this driveway one time and I had a man to say, You're just foolish. When I was trying to give him the gospel, he just kept saying, you're foolish. 
Folks, I want you to know something to the lost and dying world. The preaching of the gospel is foolishness. But to those that are saved, listen, for to those that come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, it says, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. The power of God. Now, I want you to think about this. What did God use to change the lives of individuals? The individuals that have been changed from, from, the very, from the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament times, what is, what is the mechanism that has changed their lives? It is about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what changes lives. And that's the reason why we say it's so important. To those in this world today, they say it's a foolish thing. I've been called naive because I believe what the Bible says. Folks, I'll tell you what. I've heard of preachers who take this book and say that there's a lot of mistakes in this whole book. But listen, I want you to know something. This is God's Word to us and there's no mistakes in it. There's no problems with the Word of God. There's no need to enhance the Word of God. It is what it is. There's no need to, to embellish the Word of God. It says what it says and it is there today that it brings life to the, to the fallen, to the guilty. That's what we need to have today. That's what we need in this new year. We need people saved by the grace of God. We need to be praying that the Lord would come in amongst us and, and touch hearts. You see, it's the Lord that does that kind of work. Oh, I can get, I can get a proclamation of, of some sort. I can get somebody to agree to me and maybe raise a hand or, or repeat a prayer or whatever it is. I can get all kinds of, of so-called professions like that. But listen, when the Lord gets them, He keeps them. Amen? When the Lord gets a hold of a heart, it's changed forever. Thank God for the gospel message. Now, with all this being said, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to think that your personal testimony is not important because it is. I believe you're, a, you're a, one of those lights in this world today. As a matter of fact, that's what Matthew chapter 5 speaks of, isn't it? We are the light of the world. You know why? Because there's Jesus in our hearts. And Jesus is the light that light of every man that cometh into the world, as the Bible says. This woman did not allow her former sin to stop her. This woman did not allow her former life to stop her. This woman did not allow uh, uh, her, her uh, embarrassment to put a stop to what she was doing. She went and told everybody... That Jesus was real and that Jesus made a difference in her life. That's important. That's what we need to be doing. I've heard the testimony of, of a great deal of people and, and I've seen people that have come up out of the cesspools of sin and, 
And maybe you've not lived a life that is so uh, uh, just tangled up with Satan. But listen, understand, your salvation is just as as important as the one who was demon-possessed and the demons were cast out and salvation came in. We're all in the same position today. We're saved by the grace of God. Amen. Sometimes people want to look down on others for the life that they used to have. But guess what? When we're saved, the Bible teaches us in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18 that all of our sins have been washed away. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have to go there because I want, to, I want you to see this Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Maybe you're sitting here today and maybe you're thinking, well, preacher, I just... I just don't think the Lord would save me. I've got so much baggage in my past. I've done so much sin. I've done so much intolerable acts in my life. Listen, I just don't believe He would save me. But notice what He says here in verse 18 of Isaiah chapter 1. He says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. you know what that means? He says, I want you to consider this. When you reason something out in your mind, listen, you're considering or you're thinking or you're, 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 your mind is where it needs to be. He says, though your sins be as scarlet. Folks, I want you to know something. Today as you look upon these white walls, you put down a scarlet thread that as small as you want, you, you can see it. You know, that's the way our sins are. A lot of times in the back of our mind, every little sin that we have ever committed is laying there and it's trying to keep you from going forward. But listen, the Bible says here, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. You'll hear last week we we had a terrible cold spell. I mean, it was cold. We had a little, a little bit of snow that fell, and you walk outside, and you, if when the sun began to shine that, that next day or two later, man, it almost blinds you the brightness and the whiteness of the snow. Folks, that's the way our sins are made. The Bible says that our sins have been just completely. Even though they was red as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's what God does for us. That's what salvation has given us. Listen, this woman did not allow her former character to stop her, her former notoriety to keep her from preaching or or telling somebody else about Jesus. She just simply took her changed heart. She took her changed mind. And it became a witness to the Lord and of the Lord. That, my friend, was the success of the Apostle Paul, who was a who was a killer, who was a mischief maker among the churches. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said he was the chiefest of sinners. Today, in this old dark world in which we live, listen, 
I believe that any of us could say, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I believe today that because of a because of the darkness and the total depravity of man, listen, the Bible says that men are going to wax worse and worse and their sins are going to become blacker and blacker as the days go on. But don't think that God is still not on the throne. He can still save and make fully clean that individual. That's what he done to the Apostle Paul. The Bible says he wasn't ashamed of the gospel. He understood the glorious gospel was powerful. If you would, I'd like for you to turn to Romans 1.16 and look at that with me, what he said here. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Now I want you to listen to this. This is the reason why that the gospel must be brought forth. This is the reason why this community needs to see the gospel message one way or the other. Whether they come to the house of God or whether you go to their house. Listen, they need to hear about Jesus. Amen. Amen. They need to hear about Him being crucified. Who was slain and hung on a tree. Who was buried and rose again the third day. That they might have life everlasting. The Apostle Paul states it like this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of, of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. With that gospel, he went out and he fought a good fight for Christ. Amen. Brother Jim, I, I agree with you. This church cannot stop doing what she's doing. For well over a hundred years now, this church has been a lighthouse in this community. This church has gone forth from, from Route 7 to Route 1 and every holler in between. And she's been, she's given the gospel. Listen, don't quit now. Don't quit now. We're too close to going home to give up now. You say, well, there ain't very many being saved anymore. Again, remember, salvation's not in our hands, it's in the Lord's hands. All we're supposed to do is go preach the gospel. Give them the hope of salvation through the glorious gospel message. There was multitudes who were saved under the blessed ministry of the Apostle Paul. Many churches sprang up. Let me think about this and I want you to consider this with me. The one thing that made a difference is that they all heard the gospel. That's the one thing that makes a difference. That's the one thing that will make a difference in this house today. Is your hearing of the gospel. For without the preaching of the gospel, no one will ever be saved. So first of all, oh, what, a, what a lengthy introduction. <laughs> I didn't get to preach my whole message last night, so I'm going to let her go today. Now I've only got an hour on the radio, so a lot of that's already been taken. But I want you to think about this first of all. Let me say that these are the same people who had already heard from this woman and had believed on him because of her word. These individuals that came back in John chapter 4, these individuals that had heard what she said had came to Jesus that they may hear with his voice the gospel of salvation. 
The sweet fragrance of the true Christ-centered life has swept many a sinner into the kingdom of God. This dear lady who had lived a life of debauchery had been saved by the grace of God and she made a difference in that city, did she not? Listen, when Jesus Christ came to the well that day, listen, He came with a purpose and that was to save one lost soul. That old sinner woman who the Bible had spoke of, and listen, the Bible spoke of her in a way that would be derogatory in today's terms, but listen, know this, that that's who Jesus came to save. Who's that? He came to save sinners. And it doesn't matter what your sin was. It doesn't matter how bad a person you were. The only thing that matters is that you hear the gospel and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That changes everything. It did for this lady. It changed everything about her. It changed her whole outlook. It didn't just change her outlook. It changed the outlook of many of the Samaritans in the city at that time. All those men that she came to. You never know the lives of those individuals, but this one thing they did here, they saw and heard a change in that woman's voice. You know what? There ought to be a change in the voice of, a, of an individual. There ought to be a, something special. What is it to be able to say, I've heard him myself? It's personal. You remember when the Lord come and spoke to your heart. You know exactly what I'm saying. That, that the very moment that the Lord spoke to you. You felt it inside. You knew there's something that was tugging at your heart. You know what? That's what I'm praying happens in this house today. That the Lord speaks to your heart. That there's a change that takes place in you. Listen, I want you to know something. This is a special and a spiritual and a saving change. The special and spiritual and saving knowledge which made one wise unto salvation. This is that knowledge that brings one to acclaim Christ as their Savior. This is the knowledge that causes one to look upon Him as Lord. You know, I've heard people say, you know, this thing about, well, He's my Savior, but he, I don't want Him to be my Lord. Folks, he's, he's never been your Savior if you've got a mind like that. Because if you've got a mind like and, and you you've had a change... He's not only changed your mind, He's changed your soul, He's changed your body. He's changed everything about you when He came in and saved you. Listen, I want you to know when He swept the house clean, He swept her clean. Think about the salvation of the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 17, when real salvation comes in, there is a change that takes place. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, speaking about a new creature, I'm trying to get this back in my mind here. I just lost it. 
If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's what happens at salvation. That's what happens when, when the heart has been changed. You, you become a new creature. Your old desires are gone. As a matter of fact, sin is not even to have dominion over you anymore, the Bible says. And those of us that are truly saved by the grace of God, sin does not have dominion over us. We have the ability to come before Him. We have a, the Bible says He has made a way of escape for us as well. How sad it is that oftentimes we don't take the way of escape as we should. And that's true of all of us. That's the reason why we still sin. We, uh, we don't take the escape route. But I want you to think about this. We have heard Him ourselves. We have heard Him ourselves. This world is full of religious professors. You remember the message I brought years ago on make believers, believers, and unbelievers. I think it was. I can't remember for sure. But this world is, is filled up with people that make believe. This world is filled up with people who are false professors. And the reason why that they are like this is because they never have had a change in their hearts. The reason why today people have a problem with sin overtaking them is because the old man's still in charge. There never was the new man there. In John chapter 10, the Bible says in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and they what? They follow me. Today, I want you to know if you're saved by the grace of God, you're one of the sheep of the Lord. You're not to act like a goat. You're not to act like an old billy goat that's always wanting to butt everybody. You want to you wanna know that there's something new in you. And when you hear the voice of the shepherd, you hear him as a provider, <clears throat> as a savior. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Have you heard him today? Have you as an individual heard what makes a difference in the life of an individual? Folks, I want you to know something. The one thing that makes a difference is the believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. That, my friend, is what you must believe. I've had people to tell me, well, preacher, I do the best I can. Friend, I want you to know something. Our best is never going to be good enough for salvation. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah chapter 64, I believe it is verse 6, that he says, All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the sight of the Almighty. You know, I've had people to get mad at me over that verse of Scripture. Stating that all that we do, if all we're doing is doing it for salvation's use, 
for the sake of salvation. If all of our good works is all we are, the only reason we have them is because we want to go to heaven. Listen, it will never get you there. Salvation, number one, is not bought. Salvation, number two, is not earned. Salvation is not something that you can put on and put off. Salvation of the Lord is something that's life changing. And that's what happens when He calls you by name. That's what happens when you hear Him personally with your ear, with your heart. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, today, I was talking to an individual here a little while back, and, and that, that individual told me, listen, he said, it never, it never really took effect on me until I fully knew that I believed and trusted in the Lord. Folks, I want you to know something. Our good works is not going to do it. Being, a, being an upright student in school or, or, or a, an upright child in the home is not going to bring salvation. Having your parents to be to be members of the church is not going to get you saved. Having, having your grandparents to be, to be the, the, maybe the pastor of the church, listen, is not going to save you. You've got to be saved personally and on a personal note. It's got to be something that affects you. It's got to be a voice that you hear. Today, the Bible... Let's go back to Matthew in chapter... Chapter 11 real quick. And I want you to look at this. Matthew 11 and 28. This is what happens when Christ speaks to a heart. Maybe today the Lord has spoke to your heart. You know what He's saying? He's saying unto you, Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. You see, it's a heavy laden to try to put upon yourself your own salvation. It's something that you'll never be able to bear. I talked to a man years ago who used to tell me, he would say, Johnny, I hope I've done enough. I hope my good has outweighed my bad. And I thought to myself, what a miserable existence that must be, not ever knowing that you're going to make it into heaven. Because you can't know if that's, if that's your belief. But listen, the way that the Bible teaches it is, is, the, is the best way to understand what I'm saying today. Salvation is life changing. You know it. As a matter of fact, we'll go back to 1 John and, and I'll come back and read this in a, in a little bit. But I want you to go over to 1 John with me and I want you to think about this now. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also to love one another. There's another proof of salvation. Do you have love for your brothers? Do you have love for your sisters in the house of God? No man hath seen God at any time. 
If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He hath given us the Spirit. Do you have the Spirit inside of you? You say, well, I don't know. You don't have the Spirit then. If you can look at me in the eye and say, I don't know if I've got the Spirit. Listen, the Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Listen, don't let the devil tell you you can't know because you can. And anybody that tells you you can't know whether you're saved or not is of the devil because the Bible says here that the Word of God says that you can know without a shadow of a doubt that you're saved by the grace of God. The Bible states in verse 13, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us because He hath given us the Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him and He in God. And we know that And we have known and believed that the love that God hath to us, I'm going to have to get my glasses checked, I think. (laughs) And we have known and believed that the love that God hath to us, excuse me, God is love. And And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Hereby is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. Now I want, to, I want you to think about that for just a moment. Again, the Bible says that you may know that eternal life dwelleth in you. Beloved, Now we the sons of God. Now I want you to think about what the apostle was saying here. If you're saved by the grace of God, listen. He says we're already sons of God. Are you a son of God today? Listen, you'll know. That's something you cannot hide. Are you a child of the King? Have you heard from Him today? Have you come to Jesus for the cleansing power that Isaiah 1.18 spoke of? Have you come repenting of your sin? You see, this this is an old doctrine that people just don't hear anymore. People don't hear anything about conviction anymore, being sorry for sin. And people don't hear about having to repent and and ask God to forgive you. Folks, it's a necessity if you're going to be saved. But believe me, when the Lord starts dealing with your heart, you're going to do it. I don't have to tell you what to pray. I know you're going to you're going to ask God to forgive you. You know what? That's a prayer. You know, I, I'm pretty hard on that, on that line, you know, about 
having people to repeat a certain prayer. I'm pretty hard on that. I, I don't I don't care for that at all. It leads to a lot of it leads to a lot of false imprisonment of individuals who think they've done the right thing and then only to find out they can't live it. I know that when I was saved by the grace of God, I was made to feel guilty for my sin. That's conviction. Once I felt guilty for my sin, then I had a broken heart. It was contrite. You know what I'd done then? I asked the Lord to forgive me for my sin. You know what happened? He forgave me for my sin. And He saved my soul just like that. Folks, that's how it is. That's what happens in the gospel message. That's how salvation comes to an individual. Have you come to Him confessing and repenting of sins? I'll say today, I say to you that are here, maybe you're lost and undone, you don't know the Lord's your Savior, let me say this. You have heard the gospel today. This is the first message of 2023. In this house, you've heard the glorious gospel. How Jesus came and died. Rose again the third day. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. John 10.10 states that. You have heard how all of our sins could be made white as snow. The prophet Isaiah stated that from God. What are you waiting for? What are you looking for? What did you want to see as I spoke of last night? Listen, come to Him today. Trust Jesus Christ as your Savior today. Listen, I want you to know that salvation's not something that I can drum up. The only thing I can do is preach the gospel, and that's what I've tried to do this morning. As a matter of fact, the Bible states that that's the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. Is believing on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Has the Holy Spirit touched your heart today? Have you come to a place in your time and life that you know your sins is going to send you to hell? And if you don't trust Jesus, that's your eternal abode. Then come to him today. He says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly. My burdens are light. Folks, I want you to know something today that salvation is of the Lord. Even in this house today, salvation can be had. you know why? Because I know the Holy Spirit's in this place. I know that there, according to Scripture, it's, it only takes two or three to be gathered together in His name. And He says, I, I'm, I'm there. You know what? I believe that. People look at me and say, you're awful naive. I praise God that, yeah, a simple-minded man like me still believes. I still believe. 
Listen, I know he's in this place. Today could be the, the best day of the rest of your life. Simply coming unto him and trusting him as Savior. Let's all stand, please. Most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before your throne today, we do so with thankful hearts. And Lord, we thank you for this great number that's filled thy house this morning. We thank you for our visitors. We thank you, dear God, for the radio audience and broadcast that's gone forth. For those in Sermon Audio Land, Lord, wherever they're at around this world. Father, we may not ever know and we may not ever see you. But I do know that your word will not return into your void. It will find its mark. Father, I'm praying that it finds its mark here today. With the salvation of all the lost souls that are gathered in this place. May this be the hour, dear God, that you begin to save and open up the windows of heaven. And pour out your salvation upon this little house. Bless us today, dear God. Bless this church family. Bless our friends and neighbors. Lord, just I pray that this community will be touched this year again with the light of the gospel. May this be the time, Lord, that souls begin to be saved again. Lord, bless us. Forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader, our pianist to come.